Okay, welcome Callum to No Excuses Real Inspiration with Scott Marshall. So we're here today to find out about Callum Henrati's fitness journey. Um, so welcome Callum, obviously the viewers don't know you. Um, I hope you've had a good day. Just give a wee brief intro of who you are and what you do. Well, my name's Callum Hanrati, as you've just said. Um, I work in health and fitness management in Glasgow. And my own fitness journey that we're going to go on and discuss started with sport, then moved into all aspects of fitness. Um, the main sport I played was rugby, which I'm retired from now. And I'm a, I'm a pretty bang average uh, triathlon participant now. <laughs> ah, good. So how's your day been apart from that? Well, it's fine. Although I'm in health and fitness, I have to confess, I'm, 10 minutes ago, I've just finished my sticky toffee pudding. I always <laughs> look forward to Sunday dinner. So yeah, I've had a good day. I, I, I was just doing tasks around the house. No gym today. No uh, gym today. <laughs> no, laying, laying cables and putting on carpet bars, I'm afraid. Ah, good. And you're allowed a treat night as well, once a week in moderation. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about your school years, Callum. So what sort of activities were you involved in then? Uh, if it was sport, I would do it. Uh, right, right from a young age, uh, whether it was uh, running, jump, athletics, mm. uh, mini rugby, uh, played football at primary school as well. I was actually, not many know, I was actually a pretty good uh, gymnast. Right, okay. Um, and you didn't know that, did you? I didn't know uh, that, no. But when I was young, I was hyperactive. <clears throat> so my mum and dad had me had me out five days a week uh, at all sorts of different clubs. It was it was great. No, good. And was there any sport in particular in the school years that you disliked? Um, I've never been a fan of long-distance running. Right, okay. um, it, it gets me mentally distance running and distance swimming um, I was made to sprint and I did sprint competitively as well as long jump but I'll, I, I think my, my dislike with running comes from uh, gym time at the school and we were once a year we all got put out in our black plimsolls rain, hail, sleet or snow to complete the cross country yeah Pennycook's a hilly place. It it translates. That's where I'm from. Pennycook translates to hill of the cuckoo, and I just never ever shook the memory of running in all sorts of weather and your your old blue school uniform, gym shorts and black plimsolls soles for eight, what seemed like ages and ages. And, and although it was probably only two or three times around a schoolyard, it was enough to put me right off. So yeah, distant running. Right, good, Callum. So. For yourself, did you have any challenges, you know, within sport? Uh, growing up, uh, you know, did you find anything difficult? Yeah, I was always quite natural at sport. And I, I was lucky enough to be quite good at it. Um, I never had any trouble, really, until I hit my, my adolescent years, my early adolescent years, when I developed all good slatters in both knees. And... Um, Basically, my my rate of growth meant a, a partition, a gap in, in around the knee. So there was a period um, when I was still doing quite well at sport that I did have to spend some time on the sidelines. Um, 
and it wasn't through injury, it was just not being able to cope with the rate I was growing at, and the Osgood Slatters, then I developed growths in and around my kneecap. Um, so that was a that was a, t- a tough spell as a boy, uh, right. loving sport. So how, so how did you deal with that? You know, did you go to rehab, or um, were you given certain exercises around? Not really. Um, I, I, to be honest, I dealt with it through... Uh, keeping on moving, but just in different ways. So the contact sports were difficult and, and I, I played a lot of rugby. Um, and uh, luckily enough, I did enjoy mountain biking as well. So when things were bad in contact, I, got, I just got on my bike. Yeah, ah, good. And then you, you obviously, <clears throat> excuse me, you, you spoke briefly earlier about rugby. Um, mm. so, so let's talk about how you got involved with rugby. I was first taken to rugby. My, my father played rugby as well uh, by my dad and I didn't like it at all. Um, I didn't finish the session and I came back up the road and with a somewhat disappointed dad and I didn't go back. Um, I just continued to play with pals and whatnot. But then they used to have um, members of the sports club would come round to the school and do an open day and uh, rugby came and football, Pennycook Cricket Club came as well. And uh, I, I tried them all out again. And I, I went back home and said to my dad, I want, I want, to, give, I want to give rugby another go. Uh, I enjoyed the contact, the competitiveness. I was quite a boisterous kid. Yeah. Um, although I'm, I'm not the, I wasn't the biggest as a boy, I, I was uh, I, I punched above my weight. So I went back down to the local rugby club and, and it took off from there. No, good. And I bet your dad was delighted to to hear the news that you were you were wanting to get involved with rugby again. Well, he was pleased because the next thing was going to be football, and he's no idea about that. So <laughs> I was he was pretty pleased. Uh, Maybe I've no idea about football. I've got to suffer him season in, season out. But <laughs> no comment. <laughs> uh, good. So <clears throat> you know. So how did? Uh, how did the rugby career aspire? How, how did you progress in that? Well, I was, I was quite a good wee rugby player. Um, but I always wanted to try try different things. Um, and as I got older into high school, there was a probably a chance I could have been quite good. Um, pretty good, actually. And, and I did represent an age group for Edinburgh 16, 17s, I think. Um, but as I got older, uh, I, I was I was drawn more to other things, and training became a bit of a chore. And I, I probably wasn't as committed as I could have been for the level that I could have played at. Um, moving into Colts rugby, I was playing down in the borders for Peebles at under eighteen. Um, I, I left my my local club in Pennycook because they. They didn't have enough players to have age group. And when I moved club at under-18 level, uh, I had to stop anyway because I, I got quite a serious injury. So. Right, OK. No, good. And then, you know, <clears throat> if you could um, pick uh, your, your favourite memory from your career in rugby, um, what would that be? I don't think it would be a specific moment in time. Um, but I did, I did get to a level where uh, 
purely went because it was my local club. I went to a club in Edinburgh called Stuart's Melville. Um, and it's a, a very well-known club in, in, in the country. Uh, it, it's produced players such as Finlay Calder, ex-Scotland captain, and British Lions captain, and Jim Calder. Um, there, there were great players all over the place. And I, I think collectively being there for two years, um, at that time, the first 15 were in the the Premier League or Premier Two. Yeah. And uh, I did get the chance to play with um, guys uh, guys like Graham Shield, who'd represented Scotland at the World Cup. Craig Joyner came and played for a while. He, he was a cracking player. He got capped as well. And coming through were up-and-coming players that got capped, Richie Vernon and Ross Rennie. And in turn, as a health and fitness professional, a young health and fitness professional, to be in and around that type of um, training and playing atmosphere and to get that experience where top, top players and coaches, um, that I'll, I'll, I'll never forget those two seasons to, to be there in and around that quality and class. Um, it, it was pretty special. It was just great. Yeah. No, so your, your overall experience of rugby was, you know, fantastic. Yeah. Especially yeah, if I, think, I would say so. I would say up to my early 20s. Yeah. And then for yourself, um, Callum, what does fitness mean for you personally? For me personally, I mean, throughout my life, it's meant different things. Um, when I was young, it was just because I wanted to do sport, any sport. Didn't mind yeah. what it was, I, I would do it because it gave me sheer enjoyment. Um, I would have liked to go on and try to play football, but um, my dad wasn't supportive of that. So I, I didn't get the chance, but I would have liked to have. Um, but as I got older and I did get a shot at being around a club that was kind of elevated level, I realised that actually the people that had pushed me on and wanted me to be really good had a, a very different view to why I played sport to me. Yeah, I think they, they wanted me to be better than I wanted to be. So when I left Stuart's Melville, I just very much went towards um, social rugby uh, and in trying to get back to just enjoying training once or twice a week and playing on the Saturday. So for me, yeah. sport sports always been about enjoyment. Yeah. Um, and I think it was important that at the time that I left Stuart Melville, one of the, the main reasons that I did leave and didn't try and push on and try and move towards the first 15 if I could um, was that I lost the nerves on match day. Uh, I lost that competitive drive and I stopped bothering whether we won or lost. Right, okay. Uh, and I, I think that was probably the right time to say, do you know what, I'm not going to disrespect my teammates like that and just came back to it at a social level and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, no, good. And then, you know, for yourself, um, have you, you know, a few, your routine, your your gym routine, right? So say, what are you up to the now? What are you doing a bit of training? Yes. So yeah. I, I love kettlebells. And uh, probably around a year ago, I'd done a block of, um, I think it was, six weeks with a absolutely brilliant competition kettlebell coach, uh, Svetlana Daniliuk. And 
that started to bother my back a bit. I, I, I do live with a, a, a constant spinal condition slash injury. Um, so I like to include kettlebells when I can. I really enjoy Olympic lifting. Yeah. Um, I do uh, very recently, my most recent venture has been outdoor swimming. I got myself a gravel bike as well. And I love doing Monroe's. So right now, it's really about not having so many targets and goals and continually stressing and think about what I need to do and where I need to be reaching for yeah. and just doing what I enjoy. Yeah. And then obviously, um, how would you compare your, you know, your fitness levels um, pre-COVID to post-COVID? Big waves for me. Um, the first lockdown, or the first main lockdown, the first yeah. big lockdown, um, that is when I decided to do my competition kettlebell block with Svetlana. And, and that was a really good time. I got right back to the fundamentals and basics of training, the things that I first enjoyed, using my own body, my body weight, um, back to the traditions of the probably the oldest type of lifting you can get and fitness you can get, yeah. which is kettlebells. Um, and I really, really got back into it. And I would say I was probably my fittest at 37, 38 than I had been for years. Yeah. Um, the second lockdown, uh, I struggled mentally. Uh, I, I really did. Uh, my mind was all over the place. Uh, I, was, I just had to concentrate on my family. And I went up to 101 kilos from... 93 kilos and uh, that was just trying to push on through the pandemic and the lockdowns and spend time with my daughter and yeah so pre-pandemic moving into the lockdown and the first part of the lockdown was great but the middle to the end of the lockdown I found fitness really really tough really really tough um, and I had to work hard mentally to try and get that back yeah and then <clears throat> excuse me so, um, you know, obviously we, we touched on mental health um, there. Um, so would you probably say that, you know, the, the open water swimming, you know, doing your fundamentals, you know, your body weight training, um, working with your kettlebells, you've got your bike as well. So all these thing, things combined definitely helps your mental health on a daily basis. Oh, for sure. I, there's a... Um... For me, when I get into that, I need to go and be around people that lift me. Um, and I sometimes train at Bravehearts Gym in Hamilton. They've got a, a as well as the, they're a boxing club, but what I I need it for then and, and what I used it for then was just to be around really good people. The people there are tremendous. And I signed up for um, the Bravehearts Scots Athlon which is a, a mile swim in Loch Lomond, um, up and down Ben Lomond, and then a 40-mile cycle to finish it off. So I immersed myself in that. Uh, for the first time in a long time, I committed to an event other than a rugby match. Yeah. Um, and I, I trained with really good individuals with no pressure. We, we, we outdoor swam together. We, I got on the bikes with a couple of people and built my miles up to the triathlon distance. Munros are fine. I've done them for years anyway. But for me, that at that period, in that time, going back to the mental health, 
it was very much being around a really good group of people that I know I can to re- return to at any time and, and help me with my mind. No, totally. And then obviously um, I follow Brave Hearts on uh, Instagram and uh, Facebook yep. and other social medias. But looking at that uh, boxing club, it's as you said, it's more than a club. It's a community, a small community, I would say. Looking yep. on the outside. Yep, absolutely right. Um, yeah. so the thing with Brave Hearts for me is I've not been to Brave Hearts for a while. Um, I had gone back oh, a couple of months ago, I think, but unfortunately, I, I started getting bothered with my knuckles in my hand. I got my right hand assessed uh, during the pandemic, um, and I probably could have had a surgery on it, but I chose not to. So I've not been at Brave Hearts for a little while, but the, the supporting thing that Brave Hearts gives me is that I know I'll always be there. Yeah. No, Sometimes totally. it can just be a chat with somebody from from Brave Hearts or it can just be popping in and seeing the gym over the gym owner, owner sorry and chatting to him and um I think fitness can give people much much more of a mental boost than they realize and I would encourage it for, for everybody. No definitely and then obviously there's been a lot of chat um around maybe the last 18 months about uh, gyms being open for everybody's mental health. Do you do you agree on that aspect? I think so. Um, <clears throat> everybody, know, everybody hears people say exercise is good for your mental health. But the important thing to remember is that everybody's concept of exercise can be very different. Definitely. And I think as an industry, one thing we push, not all the time, but sometimes we push quite badly that you've got to be fit to come and train in facilities. You see pictures on advertising campaigns with picture-perfect male and female models standing with rippling six-packs and muscles and toned toned to the bone. And I think sometimes we can put people off. No, totally. Whereas what we need to be saying to people is, this is why exercise helps your mental health. And everybody's got a different Everest. You know, somebody's Everest might be climbing Everest. But somebody's Everest might be going to the bus stop and making it to the gym for the first time. And I think we need to get better at that as an industry, as saying to people, this is why it's good for your mental health. You hear people say it all the time, token, exercise really good for your mental health. We need to be better at telling people why, particularly in a a country like Scotland, where the physical health of people um, can be quite bad. Yeah. So totally. yeah, mental health and natural endorphins released in your body and and feeling good and 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 exercising well, it's, it's a massive thing for mental health, yeah. and we need to keep pushing it. I think the you know you gave a good example there. You know, um, people um, you know added advertising boards expected to be fit people, right? But I think we need to get you know you know that word fitness. Um, it should be about your health to come to the gym as well, yeah. um, you know, because, you know, mental health as well, you know, if we're chatting about that, um, it could be walking, a wee, a wee five, ten minute walk just to go and clear your head as well. So it's, yeah. you know. We're, we can, we're in an industry where now social media is the main means of communication. And it can be an absolutely brilliant thing, and it is an absolutely brilliant thing. There's a lot of really uplifting stuff, 
but there's so much out there that sometimes I think people can get confused. And there's a lot of, you've got to smash goals, you've got to set targets, you've got to blast things out the water, you've got to achieve what you're striving to get towards. And sometimes these things can be important. Of course they can. But sometimes we just need to say to people, you can also just come to the gym and make yourself feel better. Yeah. You don't need to try and target a 25-minute 5K. You don't need to be absolutely destroying it every time you come to the gym and doing the old gym whitey. It doesn't need to be like that. We just need to let people know that you can come to our facilities, you can train, and you can do really well without actually having to be trying to smash things out the ballpark. Yeah. You know, and then... that, that I think we need to... I've never met anybody um, that hasn't come to the gym to look or feel better. That's why most people come to the gym. They just want to look or feel a little bit better. Yeah. There's a very small percentage that are are high, high competitive and they've got events and sports and they, they excel at it. Um, but out with the professional environment, the masses that come to the gym just want to get in their clothes that are maybe a little bit too tight just now or try and feel good. Yeah, no, totally, Callum, good. And then for yourself, you, you spoke earlier about how you had your, your sticky toffee pudding. So let, let, let's talk about um, <clears throat> your bad habits um, within the gym environment for yourself. Yeah. Oh, I have. Everybody has. Any coach that tells you they don't need a coach has has forgotten the concept of uh, why we coach. Um. So my my bad habits are that I will probably avoid things I know that help, but I just don't want to do. So I've come out of a really competitive period in life right from a young, young age through to my mid-30s. I was competitive in sport at various different levels. And I actually struggled when I came out of that period. And a big part of it was that there was nobody there to tell me what to do. So you're a rugby trainer on a Tuesday or a Thursday night. You play your match on your Saturday. Uh, You've got things you've got to do. You've got things you've got to follow. Um, if you're working on a coaching block with a coach and, and, and they've done your gym programming, you've got to go and do the things that they're asking you to do. Um, so, yeah, I quite often will go through blocks of training where as qualified as I am and as well-educated as I am on fitness and training and sport, I will go to other coaches and say, yeah, I, I done it on Friday. I done it on Friday. I go to other coaches and say, you need to do an eight-week block for me. Um, I'm avoiding the things I don't want to do. Yeah, my worst habit is avoiding the things I know that are good for me that I don't want to do, right. i.e. mobility. Yeah, <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, you've been involved in the health and fitness industry a while. Um, 31 years. 31 years? That's 21, 21. Oh, 21. Come sorry. on, Scott. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <coughs> excuse me. So, um, is there anyone you've met um, that you would say has been an inspiration to you yourself or a sports person who's been a role model for you throughout the years? I, I remember when I was a boy, um, Gavin Hastings 
uh, ex-Scotland and British Lion, of course, for those that don't know. Um, he he was somebody that I really, really, you know, if you're running around with your mates with a, with a rugby ball at training, that's who you were shouting you wanted to be. Um, Finlay Calder, who actually, although at the time I didn't know as a boy, I, I would get to meet and, and have... Um, various conversations were about rugby through playing at Stuart's Melville. He was just uh, to watch as a boy, as a rugby player, he was as hard as nails and as committed as they came. And I remember looking at him and thinking, good grief. And I'm not going to be popular for this. Uh, but one of my first ever favourite rugby players that I was just in awe of, and he was a Rolls Royce, uh, was the English centre, Jeremy Guscott. Uh, uh, they're probably the three standouts in my sport that I looked at and thought, wow, they're they're pretty special. And the entire All Blacks 15 of every year, they were just incredible. Yeah. And then working, you know, or working or going to the gym, um, what's your pet hates that you, the things you hate to see within a gym environment or health and fitness? In, a, in, in my own training setting? or In, in, your, in your own training setting, yeah. Uh, I, I cannot be bothered with know-it-alls. Um, people who put down people in the gym yeah. are doing things that they maybe think are useless or worthwhile. Um, everybody's at the gym for their own reason, and I, I can't be bothered with people that laugh at others in that training environment. Yeah. I've been involved in... Um, the leisure industry for 21 years now and, and a huge chunk of it in gyms. Um, and uh, I just, I've got a real dislike for people that maybe laugh at that person that's a wee bit overweight on the treadmill or laugh at somebody that's struggling in a class and that, uh, no, I can't stuff like that. I, I don't like it at all. No, we've got to, we've got to work on being really, really inclusive to everybody because some people are petrified to come into the gym. Yeah, you laugh at them, it could be the last time. Exactly, because you think, you know, um, how, you know, a lot of people are self-conscious just to walk through that door for the first time. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's a pet hate. I, I don't like people laughing at other people on their, their fitness journey. Right. So let's talk about, you know, you you went to a trainer on Friday past there um, and you were talking about getting a programme made up. But if you were if you were to say to that trainer, my favourite exercise within the gym environment is, what would that be? Oh, oh wow! I would probably have to say um, clean and press or deadlift. Okay. I could you you couldn't ask me to separate those two. I'm not going to do it. Right. Well. But I think my ultimate two exercises are the, the Olympic clean and press and deadlift. I, I love deadlifting as well. Cool. Okay. So say you you go walk in for your, your gym session tomorrow morning and your trainer's there and uh, he or she is going to deliver the, your worst exercise. What would that be? Well, he's going to send me out to run around the block, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, listen, sometimes down at Bravehearts Boxing Gym, you, you go through a real horror of a session. 
And uh, Big Stephen, the owner of the gym, will say, all right, well done, everybody. And you think you're finished. And he says, you're going to run down to the bottom of the hill to the red pillar box, around the pillar box and back up, which is, I think, about a mile maybe. Right. And he, he does it deliberately. He stands up there laughing, I'm sure. Uh, so you run off down the hill, which is fine. And you run round this pillar box and you just look up a hill like that and your heart sinks. <laughs> but you, you dig in and you get through it and you get up. So uh, yeah, if any, if any coach is going to make my heart sink in a session, it's because they're going to make me do a little bit of distance in there. Running. I remember this. <laughs> <laughs> so will I. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so say you were going to a, a session at Stephen's gym um, and he put the best type of music on to motivate you, what would that be? Oh, well, you, you've got a question there. Um, that's a tough one because, believe it or not, reading and music are my things. If I was to tell you to remove one of my the things out of my house for entertainment, it would be my TV. I love music and reading. Um, I don't mind a little bit of upbeat trance. Right, okay. Um, but I have to say, I probably, if I'm hitting the bags or if I'm on a spin bike or if I'm doing my weights or resistance, I would have to say rock music. Right. I love okay. I love all bit of the electric guitar and the rock music. Right, so you've walked in to the the gym, and uh, Stevens put the worst type of music on that really demotivates you, and you you're just feeling like oh, I can't do this. What would that be? Coldplay. Coldplay. <laughs> Absolutely horrendous. <laughs> I just cannot. Yeah, I I used to teach RPM. Right. And they went through a spell of sticking in Coldplay tracks. And it was so hard to coach to. And I understand, they're like, listen, they've got millions and millions of fans worldwide, so they're doing something right. But, yeah, I mean, if I came into the gym pumped up for a session and Coldplay was on, I would zip my bag up and go back to the car. Aye, I remember when um, I was doing my boxer size in Shettleson Community Centre, and I... I you know, I made the rookie mistake back then, 2015, 2016, of playing the same playlist every week. Right. Oh. Right. So see that, I think, see the song, is it Cheerleader? I don't know. I don't know, but anyhow. I doesn't sound like a song that I would know. Anyhow, it's, <laughs> it's upbeat and, you know, it, it gets you going when you're on the pads. Um, right. Every time I hear that on the radio now, I just feel sick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if I was to say to you overall um, in your fitness journey what's your best memory my best memory and my own personal fitness journey your, your own personal fitness journey no, nothing to do with rugby just your own personal uh, it would probably in fact not probably it, it would be actually only last year uh, completing the Braveheart Scots Athlon that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, not not because of the physical challenge, because I can rise to most physical challenges. Um, but I, I signed up for that because I was in a I was in a bit of a tough place, like most people were coming out of the pandemic. So I knew I was going to come out the other side. 
but the whole process of preparing for it, I met new friends through that. Um, and although I've been fitter in my life, um, the, the sheer buzz of driving up and dropping off my bike at Rower Denon on the Friday, um, meeting my, my friends up there, um, who were who are doing it as well from the boxing club, driving round to the Loch Long Hotel, jumping off the boat at six thirty in the morning and pedalling back into the Loch Long Hotel um, later on in the the evening. It was just amazing. Um, and my I never knew, but my my wife, my sister, and my little girl were there at the finish line, and my daughter handed me my medal. Oh. Um, and it was I've done a lot of great things that I've enjoyed. But purely because I'm uh, 38 years old, I had finished playing sport properly. I'd been in a right dip. Um, I was struggling. And I didn't set a time. I didn't try and win it. I was middle yeah. of the road somewhere. Um, but it, it pulled me out of a bad time and got me going again. Um, and I'm enjoying my fitness now probably more than any time I ever have in my life. So, and that was sparked by the Scots Athlon. So, yeah. And then Scots especially Athlon. having your family at the end of the finish line to hand you the medal. Aye, that was great. And I had a pint, which I don't normally do. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's, you know, continue your journey. So if you could pick one compliment that you've had over the years, what would that be? Probably the collective thank you if I've helped people yeah. and I'm, go I'm going to do something here that I, I know we're talking about my own personal fitness journey but I uh, a big part of my last two or three jobs has been developing staff under me and I love to see people that have either given their first gym program or that have been on the recruitment panel for for example that have joined the uh, and I've, I've recruited them and they've gone on to do really, really well. Yeah. Um, it, it always means something when you get compliments from people you've helped. Um, I, I remember, it's probably not a significant part in their their, their lives in, in terms of what they've achieved. They might have done it anyway, but there's a, a lad, Dean Robertson, who owns a gym in Edinburgh, Elysium, and I, I gave him his first gym programme at the Royal Commonwealth Pool. Um I think he was about 14 or 15. And and he's absolutely stormed a Masters. He's been Scotland's strongest man in his way and UK's strongest man, I think, in his way as well. He's got his own gym now. And uh, he's, he's a good friend. And there's a lass in Fife, Robin Drummond. She's just won the, I think, the young, young, uh, Five business women, self-employed business women of the year, I think, just a couple of weeks ago, yeah. something like that. And I gave her her first job in, in uh, health and fitness in the gyms. And I look at people like that, and they, and, and I'm still in touch with them. And uh, I think the biggest compliment you can get is when these people just say, hey, you're a good guy, and thanks for everything. No, totally, totally. And then for yourself, you've obviously, you obviously spoke about how you don't track your, your fitness goals now. But um, is that something that you would probably just forget about now just because, obviously, the competitiveness over the years that you've just, like, uh, you know, I'm enjoying my fitness, you know, I don't actually need to have certain goals, etc. Yeah, I think there are, there are stages for everything. 
Um, as a young sports person, I wish somebody had told me to track my fitness and my goals because then I would have had a lot to, to target and a lot to work on and develop. And um, So I would say to a young, very competitive, ambitious sports person, um, diary, record your training, set your targets, track your goals, revisit them, listen to your coaches, absolutely. But yeah, for me now, ah, I'm enjoying not having any goals. I'm enjoying arriving at the gym and saying, what will I do today? Do you know what? I'm just going to do a 45-minute spin. Yeah. Or just walking in, gathering up the kettlebells and in a, a barbell and go and do some some something that I want. And one thing I, I will always am passionate about uh, is nutrition. I, I always keep a tight eye on my nutrition. I'm a huge, huge believer that your your guts, your second brain. Yeah. Um, we we've got to look after ourselves in terms of what we eat. Yeah. So, you know, actually talking about that, um, that was one of the next follow-up questions. I'm glad yeah. you brought it up. Um, so obviously you keep a strict diet. Um, you're very strict on your nutrition. I, I wouldn't say I'm very strict, but I, I, I do it properly for what I need. Um, I, I've got a definite plan of what I do through the week. And I'm at a stage now where at the weekend I can, uh, I can relax to, to yeah. tonight. I enjoyed enjoyed my Sunday. I've already spoke about my, my yeah. sticky toffee pudding, and uh, I've had a curry this weekend, and I've enjoyed it. But on Monday, it'll it'll be back to half a pint of room temperature water first thing in the morning, making sure that I'm eating good, healthy, um, seasonal produce. Yeah. Um. That's that's properly and, and responsibly resourced and. Um, I, I do have a little bit of junk food in my life, but uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big believer that uh, we really are what we eat. No, totally. Um, and then, you know, for yourself, Callum, um, within your journey, um, have you got, you know, where would you like to see yourself maybe in the next year, five years um, on a, you know, a business sense? Um, obviously you're still a qualified personal trainer but you're a gym manager now um, but where would you like to see yourself progressing? Well, that's a funny one that's a funny one if I was going to progress myself yeah, the only thing I would do would probably be open my own gym right, uh, yeah. and, and kick on in my terms uh, I'm happy in the job I've got just now yeah, it's a good job. I've worked hard to get there, um, but in the company that I work for just now, I think where I am is as far as I would go. Yeah, uh, I, I really, really enjoy still being in the buildings and on the floor and working around and and being in and around the teams. I enjoy that, and although I've not I've not been on gym floors as uh, because I now manage the staff for for a few years now, uh, I, I still like to be in among it. Yeah. Um, so in terms of where I am just now, I'm I'm absolutely happy. I won't I won't move anywhere else in the company. Yeah. Unless I'm forced to. But if I was to have a a final fling, I suppose, of doing something else, I would just open my own place. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, within the last couple of years, um, online coaching has you know sprung right up. Um, are you a fan of online coaching yourself, or do you prefer face to face? Um, my preference is always going to be face to face. Yeah. 
Um, there's a lot very good about online coaching. There is a lot very good about online coaching, but it, it's got its flaws. Um, yeah. I defy any coach to look at somebody through a, a, a mobile phone and yeah. think that they can get absolutely everything they need to in terms of technique, in terms of coaching a person, in terms of seeing the little intricacies, especially in lifting and things like that. Yeah. Um, Another thing that can be an issue at times is I, I really believe that it's far too easy to become qualified now. Yes. Um, when I became when I became qualified, it was it was robust in the practical side as well as in the theoretical side. Yeah. And the theoretical side has developed. Some of the theory the guys have to do now is very tough. The the anatomy and physiology, which I love as well. Um, the nutritional side of it, the, it, it is robust. They are assessed. The knowledge they need is high. But I sometimes think that the practical element these days suffers. Yeah. Um, and I would, I think that should be addressed. It won't be because it's a cash cow, the, yeah. the certification online. But I, I sometimes look at people on the gym floor that have gained these qualifications and think, I'm not sure you know how to apply what you've just learned. Yeah. So I think we need to get a little bit more robust and practical assessing industry-wide. No, no, totally. Right, so we're going to finish with uh, some quick-fire questions for yourself. Oh, um, hold the bus. Is this a quiz? <laughs> <laughs> um, however, I think I might know the answer to the very first one anyway. So long distance or short? Oh, short. <laughs> Ask my wife. Cardio <laughs> or weights? Uh, weights. CrossFit, yes or no? Oh, depends. CrossFit is everything from the utterly brilliant to horrendous of fitness. It depends how it's applied. Right, okay. Lift so well done, yeah. <laughs> Lift fast or slow? Slow. Heavy resistance or light? Depends what you're after. <laughs> Burpees, yes or no? Absolutely, yes. Absolutely. Oh, I think you're one of the very few that's agreed for burpees. <laughs> a burpee. Okay, and this is uh, the last one. Squat or deadlift? Deadlift. Okay, perfect. Um, it's been great having you on, Callum. Um, but before we round up, have you got any questions for myself? Hi, I have. Where do you see yourself in one, two or three years down the line? Oh, that's a very good question. So, obviously, I'm still working as a gym instructor, but I've been involved in the health and fitness industry since, you know, 2013, I would say, because that's when I lost weight. Um, I got my first gym programme from... Scott McCutcheon and Paul Wallace, both of them um, showed me around the gym and uh, introduced, me, yep. introduced me to Metafit and G-Cycle and gave me good nutrition advice. And within six weeks, I lost two stone. So, you know, those guys helped me. So now I'm doing a job that I love. I love inspiring people. I love helping people. Um, but, you know, I'd probably be the same as yourself, Callum. I would like to open my own um, 
you know, small gym, a small area. Um, I'm absolutely loving doing my podcasting within everybody's fitness journey because it's given me a different angle of how, you know, everybody sees fitness. Um, yep. You know, because, for instance, your, your ex-rugby um, played at high level. Um, me, my, my fitness journey is that I, I lost weight going to the gym and, and that's how I got to where I'm. Um, um, but I would like to continue to progress my podcast um, and then just become a wee bit more educated as a personal trainer um, so I can continue to help people um, throughout the environment. Great. Brilliant. All good? All good, mate. Thank you for uh, coming on tonight, Callum. Cheers. No, Scott. Cheers, fella. Thank you.